My friend Debbie is a member of our ministry staff at the church where I serve as lead pastor. She and her husband Scott live on a farm in Virginia where they enjoy their horses and goats. Yes, goats. They have twin goats named Apache and Geronimo. According to Jesus, it doesn't end well for the goats. He says in Matthew 25, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. The goats will go away into eternal punishment and the sheep to eternal life. The judgment of the sheep and the goats is one of the most sobering stories Jesus ever told. Are you a sheep or a goat? I'm Ron Jones. And this is something good. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. That's Matthew 25, 31. And this is something good. Hi, Brian Davis here. Thanks for stopping by for today's message from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Just days before Jesus went to the cross to pay for the sin of mankind, he said these words to his disciples in what is known as the Olivet Discourse. Today, Ron takes us there to that day of both joy and judgment as he continues his teaching series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Stay with us or stop by our new digital streaming platform at somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Download or subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. From his teaching series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Here's Ron with his Something Good Radio message, The Judgment of the Sheep and the Goats. I'm reading this morning from Matthew chapter 25, uh, beginning in verse 31. These are Jesus' concluding words to his uh, Olivet Discourse. He says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, 
and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it unto me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And again, thus Jesus concludes this conversation that he was having with his disciples on the Mount of Olives just days before he goes to the cross. They prompted the conversation by asking questions about the end of the age and the signs to look for. And Jesus does much to uh, lay out some of that in Matthew chapter 24. In chapter 25, he he kind of kicks into his uh, master storyteller mode, and he tells three parables, three stories to illustrate some of what he's been talking about, uh, three stories that urge us first to get ready. That's the parable of the ten bridesmaids in chapter 25, 1 to 13. Uh, the next one uh, begs the question, will you be found faithful when he comes? And then... Um, this last one has to do about a final judgment. Now, last time when we were looking at the parable of the talents, I said um, part of what this second story tells us is that there is a day of accounting that awaits believers. You and I will be held accountable for um, all that God has entrusted to us in this life, starting with our money. It belongs to Him. A talent back then was a large sum of money, and the story is about the entrustment of those talents to you know, three different people and how the master goes away and then he comes back and he settles accounts with them. There will be a day of accounting for believers, but there will be a day of judgment for unbelievers, and that's what this story is about, the judgment of the sheep and the goats. Now, in my Bible, what the editors have done is they've put a little heading at the start of this parable, at the start of this paragraph, and it says the final judgment. By the way, you do know that the chapters and verses and the breakdown, the way we have it in our Bibles, uh, th those weren't original in the Hebrew or Greek language when it was written. The books certainly were, but editors later went in and inserted chapter and verse breakdowns and paragraph headings and all that to make it more readable for us. So in, in, in my translation of the Bible, it says the final judgment as a heading there. I'm going to take issue with that. The judgment of the sheep and the goat is not the final judgment. In fact, as I read and study Bible prophecy, and from this time forward to the end of the age, I actually see three future judgments to come. I've uh, put them in your notes. Uh, we'll put a little chart up on the screen here just to kind of get an overview of this. But... The first one to come is what's known as the Bema Seat of Christ, the Judgment Seat of Christ. I believe this happens during the tribulation period, and uh, it, it's a judgment for believers. It's not a judgment that determines whether or not you get into heaven. No, you, you're already heading to heaven by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, not based upon your own merits and your own good works, but based upon the merits of Christ who died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose again from the dead. 
I believe believers in Jesus Christ will be raptured out of this earth prior to the seven-year tribulation period. And during that time, while all this trouble is going on in earth, something is happening in heaven known as the Bema Seat of Christ, a judgment seat that every believer will, will face. That's kind of like a reward ceremony, okay? Your works and my works, after we have come to faith in Jesus Christ, will be tried by fire, the New Testament says. And some of our works will be found to be gold, silver, and precious stones, works that will endure for all of eternity. Others, wood, hay, and stubble. They'll just burn up right there. Doesn't mean you won't get to heaven. Just means that you enter heaven a little singed on the backside, as somebody once said. Somebody once described the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, as sort of like a high school graduation. Everybody graduates, everybody gets a diploma, some graduate with honors. Those who have been found faithful, those who have served well, uh, and, and all of that kind of thing. So that's the, the Bema seat of Christ. Fast forward to the other end of the chart and to the final book of the Bible and to Revelation chapter 20, we have what is known as the great white throne judgment. This is a judgment for unbelievers. This is the final judgment before the eternal state or the new heaven and the new earth come into play. And this is a sobering scene. Read it in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. And it, it is a time when every unbeliever stands before the great white throne of God and they are judged for their sins. And the Bible says that all the unbelievers plus the devil and his demons plus death itself are cast into the lake of fire. There's no rejoicing in that. I'm just telling you what the Bible says, and it's a very, very sobering scene. In between that, in terms of a timeline, comes this judgment of the sheep and the goats. Again, I, I place it at the end of the tribulation, after the second coming of Christ, and just prior to Jesus setting up his, his 1,000-year reign on this earth. I believe in a literal millennial reign of Jesus Christ that is spoken of in Bible prophecy all throughout the Old Testament uh, and the New Testament, and especially in Revelation chapter 20. Some differ with that. Some, some don't believe it's a literal thing. I say they'll catch up one day and uh, figure out that they're wrong, but no, just, you know, I, I humbly hold that position. And the question about the judgment of the sheep and the goats is, who gets to enter into the millennial earthly kingdom, okay? When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he has the millennial kingdom in mind. A literal time when Jesus Christ will sit on David's throne. What does it say in verse 31? When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. This is the throne of David in Jerusalem. Now, the Jews who were waiting for their Messiah thought this was going to happen 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. They didn't quite understand the subtle nuances in the Old Testament prophecies. We, we have the privilege of uh, all the New Testament and the progress of Revelation and the unfolding of these things to recognize a nuance and a, and a separation in time in some of those prophecies. For example, one that I'm sure your ears are familiar with, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. It's a great Christmas passage. Reminds us of Bethlehem 
and it should. When uh, the Christ child was born in Bethlehem, uh, when a son was given to us, when the Father sent his son to be born here. That scripture and that prophecy goes on to say, for the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. That part of it didn't happen 2,000 years ago. All right? But what we see in that, that prophecy now is the subtle difference between the first coming of Christ and his second coming. At his second coming, he will come as the conquering king. At his first coming, the suffering servant paying the penalty for our sins, dying on the cross, rising from the dead, ascending back to the Father, promising to return. And when he comes, oh yes, he will sit on his glorious throne, the throne of David, set up his earthly kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the question becomes, of those, and this gets really specific, those Gentile believers coming out of the tribulation, which ones get to go into the kingdom and which one don't? And the sovereign shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. That, that's this judgment here. As I understand Scripture, you and I as believers in Jesus Christ won't be here. <laughs> it's not that we can't learn from this. But this is a judgment at the end of the tribulation for those tribulation Gentile believers who go in or out of the kingdom and reign with Jesus along with us as we come back uh, at his second coming. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Ron Jones' message, The Judgment of the Sheep and the Goats. New to the program? Keep in mind that all of Ron's messages are archived at our website, somethinggoodradio.org. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, use the Partner tab at the top of the homepage and check out the 828 Club, a special group of people who partner with Ron so that he can share the gospel through these radio and internet broadcasts. Join the 828 Club right from our website or give us a call, 757-276-1099. Again, that's 757-276-1099. The first time Jesus arrived on earth, he came to suffer. The next time we see him, he will come to rule. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, The Judgment of the Sheep and the Goats. Now with that in mind, I find a, a couple of contrasts, two or three contrasts and questions that arise from this very fascinating story, this parable that Jesus told about the sheep and the goats. The first contrast is, is obvious. Are you a sheep or a goat? <laughs> Are you a believer or an unbeliever? Okay, that's, that's the idea here. The sheep are believers and the goats are unbelievers. By the way, our new uh, director of kids ministry here at Atlantic Shores, Debbie Pound, uh, she and her husband bought a house out in Suffolk, out on the farm, and they have some wonderful little farm animals we're getting to know. They have three goats, Apache, uh, Geronimo, and I forget the third one. They did, the third one just arrived this week. We didn't have time to do this, but I, I, I suggested, hey, why don't I go out and interview the goats? Let's just read the story to the goats, and here's what I want them to know. It doesn't end well for the goats. 
Uh, I found some humor in it, but uh, we, we didn't get that far. But that's the idea. Are, are you a sheep or a goat? The second contrast is this. Are you on the right or the left? Did you see that in verse 33? And he, that is the Son of Man, will place the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. What's that all about? The right and the left. And is it even, you know, significant enough to mention? Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't waste words in the Scripture. I have some conservative friends who live in Washington, D.C., who want to make political hay out of this. <laughs> you know, the sheep, the believers are on the right, and the goats, the unbelievers are on the left. Now, that has nothing to do with Washington politics. In fact, I say, please don't diminish what the Scripture is saying here by inserting, you know, your political bias on the right or the left. That's not what this is all about. But there is significance in the Bible to being on the right or on the left. And let me just highlight a few things. First of all, in the Old Testament, we, we learn about the right hand of blessing or favor. For example, in the Genesis chapter 48, in the story of when Joseph was gathering with his aging father, Jacob, who now has a new name, Israel, uh, Joseph brings his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And in that culture, when an aging, almost uh, dying patriarch passed the family blessing onto the next generation, he put his right hand on the eldest. Now, the irony in the story, of course, is that when uh, Jacob was born, he was a twin. His twin was Esau. Esau came out first. He was the eldest. Jacob was the heel catcher, grabbing onto his heel. And Jacob was the deceiver. He was a supplanter, and he uh, deceived his brother Esau one day when he came back from a hunting trip. Esau was tired, and Jacob got him to trade his birthright for a pot of porridge. And, um, and so is the irony of the story there. But the right hand of blessing, the right hand of the favor of God comes into play here. In the New Testament, we learn about something called the right hand of fellowship. You ever heard that? Maybe you grew up in a church where when they received new members into the church, you extended to them the right hand of fellowship. It's sort of like when a, uh, a mayor of a city hands some, some person a key to the city. Well, in the church, we extend the right hand of fellowship, and that says, you know, you're welcome in this place, or you're a new member in this place. Uh, we're together, you know, as part of the body of Christ here. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, when James and Peter and John... Uh, who seemed to be pillars, pillars in the church, perceived the grace that was given to me, Paul says. They gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. That right hand of fellowship was, again, a way of welcoming them into the church and also uh, saying, hey, as we commission you to be sent out with the gospel um, into the mission field, so to speak, our, our fellowship goes with you. And then thirdly, um, the, the right hand, I'll call it this, the right hand of honor, power, and authority. And we see this in uh, references to the Messiah and to Jesus Christ. Jesus was quoting the Old Testament in Matthew 22 and verse 44. Um, applying this to himself. The Lord said to my Lord, 
sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Uh, we say that Jesus today, as he ascended to the Father, is at the right hand of the Father, that place of honor and power and authority. Romans chapter 8 and verse 34, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus, the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who was at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. What is Jesus doing sitting at the right hand of God? Well, one of the things the Bible says he's doing as he sits in that place of honor, power, and authority is he's praying for us. He's interceding for us. And that should be, uh, that should be encouraging. So back to the questions, the contrast that this parable raises up in Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the sheep and the goats. Are you a sheep or are you a goat? Are you on the right or on the left? Uh, on the right meaning, you know, the, the right hand of God's blessing, his favor, his fellowship. Even as a, a believer in Jesus Christ, the Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ. Uh, we inherit his, uh, well, his honor, his power, his authority. In some way, he shares that with us. The third contrast is... Um, Grace or works? <laughs> this is an interesting one because this particular parable about the sheep and the goats has raised all kinds of questions throughout church history, uh, one of which asks, you know, is Jesus advocating a works-based salvation here? Because he really praises the sheep for what they do, and he scolds the goats for what they don't do. To the sheep, you know, you, you, you uh, fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. You, you tended to me when I was sick. You did all these good works. You did all of this to the least of me, these my brothers. And when you did that, it's like you were doing it unto me. And it's again raised this question about uh, faith versus works. But as the unfolding of theology in the New Testament happens and we understand that salvation is not by good works, but we are certainly saved for good works. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. Ron will explore the subject further next time, right here on Something Good Radio. Today's message, The Judgment of the Sheep and the Goats, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Use the radio tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, be sure to check out Dr. Ron Jones' discipleship coaching experience, Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps. Join Ron as he takes you back to the fundamentals of the Christian faith and helps equip you to fulfill the Great Commission by making disciples of others. To find Starting Point at Disciples First Steps, look for Something Good courses when you visit somethinggoodradio.org. Something Good exists only through your faithful prayer and financial support. And when you give your gift to Something Good Radio today, we'd like to offer you the complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Troubled by events in the world today? Many people are asking that very same question, what on earth is happening? Pandemics, wars, social and political unrest, all stoking fear in our hearts. 
In this timely eight-message series from Matthew 24 and 25, Dr. Ron Jones examines the prophecies Jesus made 2,000 years ago about the end of the age. That's What on Earth is Happening? Yours for a limited time for your gift to Something Good Radio. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org. Mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456, or call our offices at 757-276-1099. And I hope what a message like this does for me as your pastor and, and for all of us who name the name of Jesus Christ is that there's a compassion welling up inside of us, not only to serve the poor, but to speak the words of salvation to them. That salvation is by grace alone and through faith alone and in Jesus Christ alone. And all are welcome at the cross of Christ. That's next time when Ron shares part two of his message, The Judgment of the Sheep and the Goats. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.